Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Wicked Good Show. I'm obviously Dylan. We are joined by Brian, and we are recording on a nice, sunny Sunday morning. A little, little, little different recording time for us, which is kind of nice. It's not 10:30 at night. And uh, my buddy Brian, say hi to everyone. Hey everybody! Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of strange to be recording this early. Um, hopefully that won't mean we're groggy or anything. I, I think we waited long enough into the morning to where we've had coffee, where we're all ready to go, and I'm excited to talk about the main topic today. Yep. So today we'll be discussing El Camino. Uh, the, the something I really wasn't looking that that much looking forward to until recently, and mm-hmm. I don't. I'm like I I don't know why I wasn't. I got I, I I I'll get into it in our review. I don't. I guess I didn't have high expectations for this, and I don't mm-hmm. really know why. There was no reason behind it. But within the past week, I got super excited for El Camino, and I think we texted each other like literally like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Like, hey man, like let's just do El Camino next week. Yeah, I and mean... um, I'm glad we did be, because I I don't know if I would have watched this right away, mm-hmm. and buddy, I'm certainly glad that that I did. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Netflix for hooking us up with the stay-at-home movie this week. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get into that shortly. Um, kind of a relaxed episode. There's not really, like, a whole lot of news topics to get into. Mm-hmm. But we both just watched the Dr. Doolittle trailer that just yes, dropped today. just moments before recording. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So, obviously, Rob Downey Jr. is playing Dr. Doolittle. Uh, it is set to come out in January, which is not a good sign at all for mm-hmm. anyone. Because January, like once you get past like the first week of January, where all the the Oscar movies that were released like limitedly in December are coming out in, like the first two weeks of January. Um, this is like a middle of January one, and usually that's like a dead zone for for movies. We've mm-hmm. discussed before. I think Bad Boy comes out. It might be coming out the same day. I have no idea. January seventeenth. Uh, we watched the trailer. Uh, what I said to you right away, I thought this was modern time. So when the trailer right. showed that they're in like early 1900s, mm-hmm. completely threw me off. <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts, de- thoughts on the trailer? And definitely one, it's uh, going to be tough. I think Eddie Murphy was kind of at the peak of his like goofy children's movie, you know, career at the time when uh, the original Dr. Doolittle movies came out, which, uh, Actually, I don't even think those are original. I think there were, like, really old black and white Dr. Doolittle movies. Um, But, yeah, that's for our generation. The Dr. Doolittle we know and love is uh, played by Eddie Murphy. And so, like you said, going into this, I fully expected this to just be a modern times Dr. Doolittle. But, no, it looks like they're trying to tell the stories or at least put them in the same era that the books came out which is like the 1920s as we just looked up before before recording. So it could be interesting, but I think the first word that came to mind when watching this trailer is like forgettable. I just feel like this is going to be a forgettable movie. Yeah, this the, the, the release date definitely doesn't help. I mean, really the only intriguing part here is Robert Downey Jr., obviously. Mm. Uh, there are some big names that are voicing the the animals i didn't i don't really care to go through them i I think tom holland might actually be one of them he was and uh remy malik remy malik yep so i don't i don't it's i doubt this would be a movie i go see no opening weekend definitely it's this has high chance to be to be very bad Mm. especially that release date this seems like that if this was good this would be like a christmas release you know what i mean yeah yeah. this this would be like a prime like disney like christmas release that Mm. would rake in like 300 400 million dollars uh so <laughs> i don't know i don't know it, we're low we're low on topics today so mm. 
Sure, Doctor Doolittle. We'll see. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna put a TBD, but I'm pretty much expecting that to be bad. Right. Uh, other than that, uh, Gemini Man, big win for all of us who who didn't uh, see were it. let down by Game of Thrones. I'm glad we didn't go see it. Gemini Man, apparently terrible. Yeah. I remember we talked about before that they were hoping to get Will Smith an Oscar nom, and oh, I think we geez. talked about something about Will Smith. He's only done like one certified fresh movie in Rotten Tomatoes, like for yeah. whatever that's worth. So he's chosen some. Obviously, he's in a lot of movies we love. A lot of movies, like I think both of the Bad Boy movies are technically not certified for us, which is mm. crazy. Uh, I obviously love him in that. It's Will Smith. I don't really have to explain myself for mm. for Will Smith. Yeah. But yeah, apparently bad. David Benioff, who was one of the writers on Game of Thrones, also wrote this movie. So that's another win for me. That just shows that he can write original content himself. Mm. Uh, so that's another big win for us. Can't wait for that Star Wars series to come out. <laughs> Wonderful. Great. Uh, yeah, so Gemini, we will be skipping Gemini, man. We've yeah. actually kind of been working out our schedule that we're going to be doing for the next two weeks. We were originally going to do Zombieland and Jojo Rabbit mm-hmm. in the same episode. Uh, I, I, I'm going to make the executive decision now. I think we're going to do Jojo Rabbit next week and then Zombieland the week after. All right. Which Zombieland could actually be a little, I think that's, that would be a Halloween drop, close to a Halloween drop. Closer, so. yeah. I think, no, um, so although Nazis are pretty scary. <laughs> that's true that's true i think uh what's really an indictment is like this thursday jenny and i were like oh should we go see a movie and i was like all right let's look and really the new release was gemini man and i was like do you have any interest and she's like nah and so we ended up just watching aquaman on hbo instead so the joker the joker's still crushing at the box office mm-hmm. the joker crossed 300 million worldwide uh, it took number one at the box office again this weekend. And actually, Gemini Man even lost. I think Gemini, Gemini Man came in third to the Adams Family movie. Oh wow! That also came. That's week, bad. So. Yeah. So Gemini Man. Uh, that is a. I, I. I think we might have said skip it when we did our yearly, mm. uh, our our rest of 2019 uh, preview. So that is what that is. Um, yeah. Crazy. We have like no. MCU or, or DC news from this week. None mm-hmm. that I, I believe. So that's take that for what that is. We actually were uh, almost exactly a month away from the Mandalorian. And um, we also got a confirmed release date for Rick and Morty, which I believe comes out like two or three days before the Mandalorian drops episode mm-hmm. one. And we got so, a trailer for that. Yep. So that's going to be super busy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of exciting things coming up this next like month two months it's gonna be i'm really looking forward to it as we mentioned we're gonna be doing um episode by episode reviews of rick and morty mm-hmm. uh well, i guess we'll see how that goes we're for sure going to be doing an episode by episode review of the mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, watchman comes out in like two weeks oh my so, god like, so have, much we have to kind of we need try to, to hire out. some uh some other wicked good uh everything people to come in to help us out i i'd say i'd say the for sure lock is definitely mandalorian i mm-hmm. we're gonna play it by ear for the other two i'd say right. rick and morty uh would probably take precedence over watchmen because mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see mandalorian's our priority because mandalorian is going to be the bitching compared to those two mm-hmm. watchmen has has potential to be very very good we'll mm-hmm. see i'm i'm like very on the fence about watchmen I'm, i don't know what it is i part of me wants hopes it's really good but part of me also i really dislike the the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie. So. Oh, you didn't like that at all. No, I got you. I like I like the watch. I like Watchmen, um, the movie, and I really like David Lindelof. So yeah. I'm hopeful. Well, that's, 
to me, that's the most intriguing part uh, mm. of, of the series. Obviously, Lindelof uh, uh, lost as well as leftovers. Shout out Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Marr, his Brian favorite me. show. Oh, I love yes. that. Dude, please watch that show. Everyone, please watch that show. It's so good and it's criminally underrated. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Oh, Agreed. Man. So, we'll, we'll, I would say Watchmen probably at least maybe we'll give the first episode a try. Mm. And, uh, oh, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll see. Kind of like we did with um, Krypton. Yep, yeah, and that didn't go. It. That didn't go great. <laughs> hey, that got like two seasons though. You know, it, without I, us. But... Uh, uh, my my dad, it's like the ultimate dad show. My dad's a big mm-hmm. superhero, Superman fan, and he loves it. So yeah. that tells me one of two things: it's either good or it's really bad. And he still watches <laughs> it. So. He just loves Superman so much that he just watches it for the cause. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, big big two months. I'm actually like, I it's actually crazy to think now that Disney Plus is only a month away because mm-hmm. we get the Mandalorian. Um, there's, I think that Noel movie drops from Disney Plus mm-hmm. comes out, kind of get us in the Christmas spirit with Bill Hader and uh, Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited. That's pretty much the, our our news that we're discussing t- today is is like our our wiki good show news. And this is a this is a big two months because pretty much this is all leading up to we're busy basically until Star Wars. I think. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to be getting into like our end of year recap. Uh, Star Wars is December like 18th, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're listening to this, if you shout out Brian Wong, if you're listening to this in the morning, rumors are that a new trailer slash tickets are going to be going on sale uh, tomorrow during Monday Night Football. Yeah, so we gotta so, be we gotta be ready. We gotta figure out when we're we're gonna see that movie. Yep. So if you're listening to this on Monday, October 14th, shout mm-hmm. out Ryan Wong. I know he will be. Uh, tickets will be rumored to be going on sale tonight. Which you, I think every, I think every movie, every Star Wars, major Star Wars movie that's released recently has had the trailer slash tickets go on sale during a Monday Night Football game. Mm-hmm. I actually remember going on one of my first dates uh, with my fiance now, and mm-hmm. the trailer for Last Jedi dropped. I mean, not Last Jedi, Force Awakens dropped oh, nice. during during our first date out. It was a, it was a Monday night. We were just out at, at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and I saw the TV. And I literally like, I unfortunately had to like shush her. I'm like, hold on, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> get tickets. And I was literally like, I went and like gathered around the TV. And so like, bless her because mm-hmm. she stayed with me. Luckily. Right, <laughs> she's willing to bear two of my children. So I guess I found a winner because I literally shushed her and walked away from the table during our date so I could see the trailer. This was the first date. My tickets. Yes. Oh yeah. man, that's hilarious. Friend. Yeah, That's hilarious. I remember, and I remember, I was sitting on my phone for like twenty minutes trying to buy tickets at IMAX, mm. and it and it kept crashing because this was, uh, it, for those that don't like fully remember the, the Star Wars Force Awakens, the tickets went on sale during that. That was probably that was the craziest, like ticket sale drop slash uh, like opening weekend of a movie I've ever been to. Mm. Uh, that at least, I at least remember because I remember I went that Thursday night to a to a theater and there was. Four or five different theaters showing the movie mm-hmm. between because this it wasn't just a midnight drop. There was like showings at like like seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, ten, like all that. And I went that Thursday night. We the the one that I was sitting on my phone to buy tickets to was to the IMAX mm-hmm. at Jordan's Furniture, and not only was it sold out, there was a line like we've been there before. There was a line like down the hallway towards like mm-hmm. the Fuddruckers for anybody that knows the Jordan Furniture in yeah. Reading, and I was like I was in the middle back of that and we had gotten there two and a half hours before the movie started jesus and then i went again that same that saturday to that same theater and it was the same thing it was down the hall it was nuts i that was actually the first time i saw a movie three times in one week and i saw it thursday friday saturday 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I went to see it uh, the second time. I went to see it the second weekend it was out at Jordan's, and same thing. It was still, like, packed, super long line. And uh, when I went to see it, the second day it was out, so it was probably Friday, right? Friday or Saturday, whatever the second day was. People were lining up outside of the regular, like, theater, which was never happens at the Gardner Cinema that I yeah. used to go to a lot. So, yeah, man, it was it was hype. People were so excited for The Force Awakens. I kind of wonder, because I was actually reading an article before we jumped on here. Somebody was bringing about how we how we know nothing about what this movie's about. But kind of looking on the previous three, still these Skywalker saga movies, mm-hmm. I don't really think we had a good synopsis or understanding of what was going on until we saw the movie. Right. Like, I think Last Jedi, that was part of the thing with The Last Jedi. We went in with such high expectations. Part, part of that issue was that we didn't know what it was about. We were basically making up our own movie and our own hopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, shouldn't have done that i guess i don't know we were played probably shouldn't have done that because ryan johnson had a very different plan mm-hmm. but so it looks like ryan, he's back on track right yeah speaking of ryan johnson so knives out uh, it has like a 99 i think a 99 percent of ryan tomatoes it's, it's a high 90s mm-hmm. it, apparently it's very very good and i will not get my last jedi hate in the way of seeing a very good ryan johnson movie right, I, was, yeah. I love jump i love looper Mm-hmm. Uh, or jumper? It was one looper. Oh, looper, looper, looper. Um, so uh, knives out. I'm actually very, very excited for that. They're saying. I feel like we say this once a week, but the, this is another movie that has Oscar buzz. It's just based mm-hmm. on, on how how well it's uh, put together. So very excited for that. That we will sure be reviewing that movie. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I'm down. C- kind of, kind of backtracks to like we have like such like, like a full schedule at mm-hmm. this point. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very. I, I I hope our I hope our ten our ten to two hundred listeners enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think, uh, you know, Brick, uh, another Ryan Johnson movie, that's one of my favorite movies ever, so I'm not going to, like you said, let my dislike of The Last Jedi sh- uh, cloud my judgment of his we, movies. Because I, I, I can't lie, when I when I found out that Ryan Johnson was directing Last Jedi, I was actually pretty stoked. Yeah, me too. I think that was, that was the first movie he had done since Looper. Mm-hmm. So, and which was like, I don't know how long, that was at least probably three or four years in between that, maybe more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Knives Out, apparently very good, but yeah, back to Star Wars. So, tomorrow, or whenever you listen to this, October 14th, that's the rumor when the drop's going to be. I think that's a pretty safe bet, because recently, I think that's when all three of the trails dropped mm-hmm. for the previous Star Wars movies. So, right. uh, definitely check that out. I don't know what the game is. I think it's something somebody bad. I do, I'm I am not 100. I think it's Steelers. Or that might be in two weeks that it's Steelers Dolphins on Monday night. It's it's Ugh. something Ugh. really bad like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, and, speaking of Ryan Johnson, uh, he actually directed three episodes of Breaking Bad, including Ozzy Mandy's, sure did. which is a great episode. Yeah. So let's get into it before we mm. keep rambling on about life. Uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. We'll do a quick spoiler-free review. Uh, I guess to get into it right away, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I I am giving it a 94 out of 100. Ooh, very I nice. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It is, in my opinion, it's the perfect epilogue to the Breaking Bad series. Mm-hmm. It, but it's also the perfect ending for Jesse Pinkman's story. It's like the ending he deserved to have mm-hmm. because I, that was like really the only. The only big question we had at the end of Breaking Bad, other than did Walt survive, and I don't think a lot of people really suspect that Walt survived, but there's yeah. there's there that people that, that that are hoping to get that with the movie, and I really think the only question after that was well, like, what does Jesse Pinkman do? Because like, but by no means was Jesse Pinkman like safe to just go live his life at this point. Like Jesse, no. 
we've talked about it before. Jesse Pinkman was the biggest victim of Walter White to me. Like mm-hmm. Jesse Pinkman got screwed over more by Walter White than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And the way the series ended, the series I thought ended perfectly. You said it. You said it yesterday. It was it's the most perfect series beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's like no even God. their worst episodes are better episodes than some of the the best episodes on some other good shows. Mm-hmm. Which I I highly agree with. Now now that Game of Thrones flopped, I have Breaking Bad. <laughs> My number one um, dramatic show, mm. but it's basically Breaking Bad's my one A, and then Always Sunny's my one B. But so mm. I kind of separate comedy and drama. Right. But uh, this this was I could not take my eyes off the screen. You're going to see a lot of characters that you've known from the TV show. Um, Jesse Plemons is fucking. I, I don't think there's a spoiler he's in it. I think he was credited up front to be mm. in, the, in the movie. Jesse Plemons, if if um. Aaron Paul wasn't so good. Sorry, I had a, had a brain fart right there. No, Aaron Paul w- w- wasn't so unbelievable in this. Jesse Plemons, hmm. he is just so good at, yeah, at he's playing a great that actor. Character. Jesse he, Plemons is such a good actor. Underrated. Todd. Yeah. You see, like Todd is just, he's so good at just being this like creepy yet nice guy. Like Jesse Plemons, the scenes he's in, he just knocks it out of the park. But Aaron Paul, th- this is Aaron Paul's best acting performance of his career, in my mm-hmm. opinion. He's just he's it's such a different character than. It's such a different tone than what we saw in Breaking Bad for most of the show mm-hmm. uh, of Jesse of getting Jesse, young Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. We now basically have a tortured and troubled Jesse Pinkman, and he sells it so well mm-hmm. because this it, this takes place immediately after Breaking Bad ended. Like it takes right. place literally seconds after Breaking Bad ended, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Everything worked for me. It, it, it's tough to discuss everything without getting the spoilers, but I I I think. If, if you didn't see the show, you, one, you're not going to have a great idea of what's going on. But two, like I, I just don't think that you – because this is literally basically like two episodes of, of Breaking Bad. It's mm-hmm. the two epilogue episodes of Breaking Bad. And I, I don't think you'll enjoy it if you don't see the show. But if you did like the show or love the show like we did, I don't know how you can't love this. Because right. it was it was like – this would be two of the best Breaking Bad episodes if it was on the show. Mm. Yeah, I say um... – for me, I gotta give this a nine out of ten. Uh, wonderful finishing to Jesse's story. Um, you can kind of tell Vince Gilligan probably like was frustrated that he wasn't able to completely wrap up Jesse's story. You know, yep. obviously Breaking Bad was the story of Walter White with Jesse as the secondary character, but uh, you know, this is a hundred percent Jesse. We get closure more than just him bursting through that gate at the end of Breaking Bad, you know, which was very unsure of to where his life was going to go from there. And, you know, it's it's tense. It's interesting at points. It's like if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, it's like Breaking Bad porn with uh, some of the actors that uh, come at you like fast. And um, I just I think as like you said, as a fan of Breaking Bad, it's the perfect ending and Vince Gilligan is just a master especially when it comes to writing in this world like he really is better call Saul I hear is one of the best shows on tv right now though I haven't watched it since the first season I do intend to catch up on that and you know he's he's just so in his element and he understands these characters he's created so well to where you can make a movie years later and it it feels like you know you're picking up exactly where you left off, not only from the story, but from like the tone and quality. I'm now 
I, I couldn't agree more. I'm now kind of curious. I kind of I I, I want to rewatch the show. Mm-hmm. Basically, immediately watch this after I finish the finale. Right. Like just to have like a seamless transition because it really was. You literally it literally picks off right after he breaks through the gate and you like you, you feel like you. It just immediately pulled you in after six years of, of not seeing the show. It immediately pulled you in. Mm-hmm. I literally could not look away. I was I literally I think I sat in like the same position for for the two hours and two minutes or whatever how long this this. Um, TV movie. I, I'm just saying it's two episodes of Breaking Bad. Mm, right. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Mm. But yeah, El Camino, it's it's also shout out Robert uh, Forster um, who played yeah. back himself in both in the TV show and in uh, the movie. Uh, he literally, I literally saw that he passed away uh, about five minutes after I ended the show. Yeah, same. And, and, same. So, uh, rip, because he was also fantastic in Jackie Brown as well. Mm. Uh, another uh, Tarantino joint. Yeah. Um, all right, buddy. Yeah. So a nine, a nine, what did I give it? A 93, 94? I'm going to stick with a 90. I'm going back to a 94. Okay. That's what I'm at. A 94. All right. 94. Give yeah. it a 9, nine out of 10. 9 out of 10. Um, I, am, I am prepared to jump into spoilers. All right, everybody. We are going to get into spoilers. So if you're checking out now, we thank you so much for listening to the episode. Make sure you tell your friends, family, everyone about Wicked Good Everything. Or, yeah, Wicked Good Everything. About Wicked Good Show. Uh, Wicked Good Everything, too. Right, right, right. But specifically, Wicked Good Show. Uh, leave us a comment, uh, a like, and we'll see you guys in the next episode where we review Jojo Rabbit. Yes, shout out Brian Wong. Peace. Later, Brian. And uh, you ready, Dylan? Yeah, spoilers. Um, I guess, I guess, I guess, where do we start? Because I, <laughs> I thought there's just there's so there's so many just like parts of this movie that we, uh, that was just so well put together mm. I, I i think one of one of one of the main complaints i've seen i actually should have mentioned this on the non spoiler part is that it, it is sort of slow at times mm. but i feel like it's a necessary slow burn because the intensity of a lot of scenes mainly i guess let's start let's start with the scene probably my favorite my, one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie was uh, when he's in the when he's in the apartment of to, of Todd, mm. and it's been uh, ransacked by the police, they're looking for evidence. Mm. And as we had seen in an earlier flashback, uh, Todd had brought Jesse out of out of the cage, mm. which I don't think we had know seen in the show. We nope. just assumed he's in the cage the whole time, mm. and he had brought Jesse to his apartment to help him put on like the cover to his El Camino. Mm-hmm. And then Jesse's like, this is all you need help with. And Todd's like, well, you know, let's go into my apartment. He <laughs> brings him into his apartment and we see that he killed his cleaning lady. Mm-hmm. And we find out that it's because she discovered where his money was. Mm-hmm. And really it's because Todd's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. But, he's a psychopath straight up. Which once again, Jesse Plummins, he just, mm-hmm. he just does it. So Matt, Matt Damon's like son. Well, yeah. Cause that's the other thing too. Jesse. And I, this has been said a million times before. Jesse Plemons looks and sounds so much like Matt Damon. It's not mm, even funny. It's right. like, it, especially in this, it's like startling. But <laughs> Jesse Plemons is great. I don't know if you've seen um, uh, Fargo on the TV show, no, but he's I in not. season two of Fargo and he mm. is lights out in that. Yeah, yeah, man. Friday Night Lights. He was good. In, he's been good in everything I've seen him in. So he was also he was the bully in Like Mike. Mm. Um, tried to steal that is a shoes. deep cut. <laughs> that, that is my uh, that is my first exposure to Jesse Plemons because I remember I, 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 I he might have been in something in between, but I remember he was in Like Mike, which I loved as a kid, and then I remember mm. watching Friday Night Lights. Like, yeah. There was probably maybe like a five or six year gap in between those two. Mm. I was like, hey, that's the bully from from Like Mike, and I've never forgotten that since. And he's who so knew different. That, he's not a who bully knew at that all he would Friday be Night Lights. A star out of Like Mike. Yeah, or out of uh, Friday Night Lights for that matter. Between Bow Wow mm. and 
um, I think more chestnuts in that in that movie. Um, yeah, Friday Night Lights. Ooh, that's a hot take though, uh, because Michael B. Jordan was also in Friday oh, Night Lights. Oh shit, dude! I for, well, I for, uh, yeah, I guess original cast member. Can we put that qualifier? Taylor, uh, yeah, Taylor Kitsch is pretty big too. I, I mean, Jesse Plemons might have surpassed him by now, just mm-hmm. based on the on the shit he's been in. Right. So I sure I, I can probably get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, really good in uh, USS Callister, uh, the Black Mirror episode as well. Although Kyle Chandler also was pretty good. A lot of people got big after yeah. that show. That's a really that good like, show. Yeah. Um, the the wife, Mrs. Taylor, I forget the actress's name, but she was mm. also the first season of American Horror Story. True, true. Uh, God, I'm going to forget her name. But uh, I apologize. If, if it comes back to me, I'll, uh, Connie Britton, maybe? Connie Britton, yep. Yeah. Good, good poll. Good poll. Um, also, Jesse Plemons and Friday Night Lights. Uh, one of the most ridiculous storylines in any show ever. Yeah, they really went off the rails at one point. Uh, if you season, haven't seen it, watch it. <laughs> season two, one of the most outrageous storylines in any mm. show ever. Like, it's so just, weird and outrageous that they just drop it. Just so season. out of place mm. and just so forced. I'm just yeah. like, I remember I was like 13. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, yeah, so so we get to see. So anyway, uh, Aaron Paul, he's going back to Todd's apartment because he discovered where Todd had money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing he remembered was that Todd said that, you know, through a little engineering, he had a safer place to put his money. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aaron Paul breaks in another intense scene with the fucking old guy spraying the flowers. Just mm-hmm. the intensity of everything was just throughout the entire movie from like the get go. Because right, right away when he's pulling up the street and he sees the cops, yeah. which also just makes so much sense because the show ends like right after all it gets shot. And he's dying on, on uh, which couldn't have been no less than five minutes. Mm. Uh, Jesse's pulling away and the cops are getting there as Walt's di- dying or, or, or just died. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. He pulls over. Um, anyway, I'm losing track. So we get back to the apartment scene and mm. he's sitting there pulling the place apart looking for money. He's there all night. Mm. Pretty classic, like, like Breaking Bad time lapse transition. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, Very this is what I'm here for. Yes, 100% agreed. And then the next morning, he still can't find anything. And then he eventually starts pulling apart the the fridge. I don't remember what the exact thing that triggered him about the fridge. But he I think it was the, that there was nothing in it, and he thought that was weird. Yeah, sure. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And he discovers that the money was lined in the door of the fridge. That, mm-hmm. that Todd, it was like Todd's like rainy day fund, basically. Right. And eventually he hears cops are coming to the door. He's hiding. Um, and this is a great thing that I actually didn't catch until I thought about it after. So Jesse's hiding. One of the cops um, finds Jesse. Jesse points the gun on him. He says mm-hmm. to call his partner in. And the partner calls for uh, his lieutenant. He says, Lieutenant, mm-hmm. can you come in here? And it's kind of strange at first because the, the the lieutenant immediately pulls out his gun. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so like something's up. Like the Jesse's fucked. Mm-hmm. And so, so Jesse gets captured after he surrenders. The guy knows who Jesse Pinkman is. Um, and we discovered that they're not cops, which in hindsight right. made so much sense when he said lieutenant and the guy immediately pulled out his gun. That's actually mm-hmm. another thing about Vince Gilligan, an incredibly, incredibly smart writing. Mm-hmm. It's something so simple where I feel like other sh- other shows or other writers just wouldn't even bother to like have a small detail like that where it, you know, he has the guy say lieutenant, and you find out in five minutes that that's because he wasn't even a cop. Mm-hmm. And I thought the intensity of that scene was great. Um, Aaron Paul, Jesse, be, like really sells just how desperate he is at that point. Mm-hmm. And he also basically is like, hey, dude, like if you're going to kill me, kill me. But I'm taking I'm taking a third of my money. Mm-hmm. And that will obviously come into play later. But that scene was probably my favorite scene from from uh, the whole thing, because the, the intensity of it, the way it was shot, it was just it was flawless. I, mm-hmm. lo- I fucking love that. And I think, too, um 
Because when we're watching this, we don't really understand Jesse's motivations. Other than, yeah, he's going to need money um, if he's going to be on the run. But mm. later on, we find out it's because he's going to actually go through with, uh, you know, starting a new life, which he didn't do in the show. He decided not to do that. And uh, it just makes sense. Like, it f makes this world feel so connected, you know? Like, even though... It's been years. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this obviously, like, he's going to do this. This makes so much sense as to why he's, you know, going here and ransacking this apartment for money now. Yeah. And I, I like how they tied into that the one of the guys was the guy that helped create the contraption mm. uh, for, for Jesse in, in the white supremacist's warehouse to help cook. Mm. He was one of the guys that helped construct that. Right. Um, so, and I thought they see when he's looking at the car and the truck, and he's like, "Oh, I was wondering when you were going to remember me." Mm -hmm. uh, it was just great. But yeah, I mean, another another really intense scene is when he goes he goes to the to the vacuum cleaner to try to get him to get him the fuck out of there so, mm -hmm. so he can start his new life. And after he's basically holding him hostage for a second, and Jesse, he, one, because Jesse had to originally tried to do this and he ditched him. He didn't show up for mm -hmm. it. Um, so the guy basically said, like, you still owe me for that time as well as this time. And I think Jesse only had, like, what was that, like 150000 like, around there. It doesn't really Yeah, matter. like 200 and, like, what would it be, 49100 yep. Yeah, he's, like, he's so close to the 250000 he needed. He was 1800 away. He, so he was 1800 short, and the guy was so legit. Um, I love that scene too, where where he he calls the cops, and then Jesse's like, "You didn't call the cops," and he goes yeah. for like the reasons why, and the cops actually show up. I mm. loved it. I was like, that was that was such like a Jesse Pinkman moment too yeah. at that time. It was it was it was perfect. And then so Jesse calls him back. He's like, "Hey, you're a man in your word." Mm. And then we go through the whole routine of Jesse going to his parents' house to get the guns, which then you're wondering why he's getting the guns. And then he goes to um, the metal yard, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. And we get an old Mexican standoff, basically. Yep. Um, although it's really more of like a, a, sh a show, or what, do you, what is it called? Like a showdown. I don't know. Yeah, showdown. Um, and this is one of the, this is probably one of the smartest things Jesse Pinkman has ever done. Right. He has the two guns. I'm kind of like, uh, like this is fucking insane. You, you, at this point, you really don't know if this Jesse gets. I thought Jesse was honestly just going to get shot and like mortally mm. wounded. Right. And he's going to somehow like get money to Brock or something like that. Like mm. I, I thought that that was the direction it was going. I was fully prepared for Jesse Pinkman to die in this. Right. I, I, I very much thought that was going to happen. Mm. Uh, and then you saw that he got the two guns and he's only displaying like the, the German like Luger or 22 or whatever he has yeah. in his waist. Mm. Um, and so the guy's drunk. He's high. He's high on coke and shit. Mm. And he basically challenges him to, to a standoff. Yeah. And Jesse unbeknownst to everybody else has a gun in his pocket that his hand was in the entire time mm -hmm. and when the guy says draw jesse immediately shoots him because the gun was already pointed at him and fucking yeah. lights the guy up then he kills the other guy that scene was incredible yeah that second shootout was so intense because you're like shit is jesse gonna get shot now like after all this time, one of the best things about very bad is that anybody really had the potential to die at any moment mm -hmm. Which was like, other than like Game of Thrones, this was the other show that it, like really generally felt like anybody could die at any moment. Mm. And this scene, there was just this series of small scenes that were they were so long in in length in the buildup, but like the payoff was just I, I like this. The one thing about this the movie, I really like. I I didn't think that this was necessary at all before I saw it, but mm. now that we've seen it, I'm like this this is this is everything that that I wanted it to be. Right. It was just. It was unbelievable. And it kind of 
goes back to like I really wasn't hyped for it because I guess I really wasn't looking for this originally. Like I really didn't think that we needed it. Now that I've seen it, this is absolutely what we needed. This mm. was this was a perfect epilogue to the Breaking Bad series, a perfect send off to Jesse, and it was just. I, I fucking loved it. I, I honestly can't wait to watch it again. It was right. like, it was just perfect. It was, and the more I think about it, it's just, I get more and more hyped about it. I'm just, it, it sucks because if you I this will not get nominated for any Oscars or anything like that. I generally do not think that. Maybe Aaron Paul can some sneak in somewhere for a nomination. Yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine yeah, this Is this going to be an Oscar or an Emmy? What would this be? That's, that's kind of, that's the tough part. Uh, mm. it's, Cause it's a breaking bad movie. I don't know if they would, how do you categorize this as a TV movie on Netflix? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I really, I don't know, but Jesse, Aaron Paul should, because I thought Aaron Paul was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's obviously, well then we obviously get one, we get, well, we get a bunch of flashbacks. We see Mike again. We, we surprisingly never saw Saul, which I thought for sure we we're going to see Saul, but I guess mm-hmm. Saul was a little more generated towards, um, towards Walter, but yeah. we got to mention a Saul too. I forgot which guy mentioned it, but he's like, Oh, like you're, you're, your um your lawyer isn't coming to save you now. Mm. I don't remember if it was the guy that he ends up shooting, but um, so we obviously we, we we get a scene with with Walter White, which I both suspected was going to happen, but at the same time when it happened, I was shocked. Um, mm-hmm. but I also so it, it's them at a diner at a hotel, and it's 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 them in their younger days. So I ended up piecing together the time this was. This was season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was actually the episode. This is like right before uh, in the episode where they go to the, to the desert to cook, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesse leaves the keys in the ignition, yeah. right, right, and right. the car dies, and they're basically stranded. Mm-hmm. Um, so this takes place like right before all that happens, which I, it was. I you could tell it was in the younger days, but I didn't know until I looked it up online that that's when it was. Yeah. Um, but this is still this is this is Walter White before he's Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's still like probably genuinely somewhat cares about Jesse and he's talking about, you know, he needs to go to college and then they're mentioning how uh, Walter's still pretty sick at this point. Yep. Um, he's having the coughing fits. And so Jesse's like, you know, we're going to get your family the money mm-hmm. and talking about how they can sell the million dollars in crack. Yeah. Um, and then it meth. flashes yeah. meth and then it flashes back to, um, to Jesse getting in. He's in the uh, U-Haul, I think. Yep. Um, and he brings him up to Alaska, which which falls back to when his first conversation with Mike mm. on the banks of the river, which was also where Mike died. Mm. Yeah, um, that was like probably what right before Mike dies. Yeah, yeah. that would have been like very similar to like them at the diner. We probably would have mm. been like right before that episode. Yeah, it uh, was another great scene too because we never, I don't think we ever saw them like kind of like confirming that they were they were both going to like turn and Walt and mm. like basically get out. Right. Um, I the scene with Walter White was fine. The other the big thing about this movie too, this movie didn't try to make any splashes, uh, other than the, the two great shootout scenes, um, and then the scene in the apartment. This is like no, it's not action packed at all. This is like a character driven drama. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it opens with Badger and Skinny Pete, uh, it, uh, Skinny Pete man, it just showed like how he's like, why are you doing this for me? He's like, you're my hero. And yeah. it's just that's Badger, a real friend like, right there. Yeah, they're just you can tell those are the real friends to mm-hmm. to Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was probably one of the more emotional parts of the movie. And they were like, they're literally basically like, like Badger has to go drive down to Mexico and then fucking basically hitchhike back three and a half hours mm-hmm. to get back up to where he was. Um, and Skinny Pete. So we now the, the trailer we saw for this with Skinny Pete in the interrogation room, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Right. Um, we don't see it in the movie, but um, I, it makes sense in hindsight because he, he basically takes the El Camino, mm-hmm. um, which they found out was low, was low Jack, which another intense scene. Yeah. When they get the, the junkyard guy to come. Mm-hmm. 
and um, he, he has like the, the the tracker thing on there, and he discovers like immediately, like right when he's about to shut it off, mm-hmm. um, that there's low jack and it was just turned on. That yeah. was like that that kind of like just continued the intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so like like you said, Vince Gilligan. Yeah, he's he's in complete control. He's a master. I get, I either need to start watching Better Call Saul, mm. or I need to hear Vince Gilligan needs to do something new too. Right? Because also shout out X Files. I I have not seen X Files beginning then, but Vince Gilligan X Files mm. very good from the episodes I've seen. Right. Also, um, can can you buy movie theater seats like that for your house, like uh, Skinny Pete and Badger are sitting in? I mean, ooh, I want to I want to buy one of those. You for sure can. Oh, you for sure can. <laughs> I've definitely seen like things on websites that are like their AMC recliners, like the cup holders and all that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, sorry, tangent, but I just remember thinking like, oh wow, I I want that. No, I mean that's pretty much it. That's El Camino. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, Jesse gets away. Like, we have some... a, a great last scene with him and um, oh my god, I'm gonna call her Jessica Jones. Uh, shit, what was her name in the show? Oh, uh, Jane. Sorry, Jane. I'm like I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm I was I was reading something else about El Camino. Uh, yeah, he was. So we got a final scene with Jane about basically them talking about uh, that they wanted to run away together. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we also he was talking to Jane earlier in the scene that he had with Walter White when they were in the hotel room. So right Jane, yeah. Jane was still alive. Uh, then talking about that they wanted to run away together. Mm. And, uh, you know, they, they should be able to make their own fate. Mm. And um, it basically, it tie, all tied into what Jesse was doing then. He was trying to live his life. He's trying to start a new life. And we get, we have Mike explain that he's going to Alaska. That's where he goes. Mm. We get this scene earlier with Walter basically saying, you know, you should go back to school. You should do business. You're good at business. Yeah. Um, and then we get the siege, the, the, um, scene with Jane explaining, you know, they wanted to run away together. Um, Jane was probably like his true love. Mm. Um, and he also sends a letter to Brock. I, I don't remember. I don't think we saw what the No, I don't said. know what it says. He yeah. sends the letter to Brock too. Um, yeah, it was just it was a great ending. It was uh, it was emotional. I was gripped beginning to end. It was just I, I'm blown away. I'm actually pretty surprised with a lot of the mixed reviews it's getting in the Breaking Bad community, which is it's oh, very really? surprising. I haven't yeah. looked at all. I didn't want to have it uh, influenced at all. You know, I want to come in here just with with my thoughts. I didn't realize that people weren't into it as much. Yeah, it's very mixed. I mean, I see some people loving it as much as we do, and I see mm-hmm. some people saying you know it's too slow, but. I mean, I guess you also you always get that in the end, right? With, right. Think. But yeah, I mean, El Camino. I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was the ending. It was the epilogue to Breaking Bad. It was the ending for Jesse Pinkman that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I I this I think this is officially the end for all these characters. Right. I don't I don't think we'll see. Uh, well, we might. I guess maybe we could see him Better Call Saul. I don't know where that's mm-hmm. that's. I stand. think Mike oh. is a main character. He's a main character. Call yeah. Saul, yeah. Uh, Jesse and, and Walter have for sure not been in, in, in mm. Better Call Saul. Yeah, but, I would have heard about that for sure. Um, no, yeah, and, and the biggest thing, the big, I now just want to go re- rewatch Breaking Bad. Mm. This, re- it, like, like you said, this was it was shot and felt like a Breaking Bad episode. Yeah, it was, it's it's really funny. People are like, "This is too slow," because I was like, "I could watch ten more hours of this." A hundred percent. Like I said, this is if this was like an episode form in the show. Mm-hmm. This is this is two of the better episodes. Right. Like it, it, it's it's obviously all based around Jesse, but this is two of the better episodes. Mm. In, in a basically otherwise basically flawless TV show. Right. So if for some reason you've watched Breaking Bad, you haven't watched the movie, but you've listened to this. Go watch it for yourself. It's worth it. Yes. Um, buddy, that's all I got. I loved it. I it's, I want to go watch it right now. Yeah. Honestly. 
I'll definitely watch it again this week. Um, Dylan, where can they find you online? Uh, DJ Cloverlane with two Bs on Twitter as well as Letterboxd or Letterboxd. I still don't know. I think it's Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, which is where I'm basically doing all my reviews of movies and mm. stuff now. I'm um, up to like 10 followers. Hell so yeah. Go check them out. Yes. Um, shout out to more for getting us back into it. Yeah. You know, I, I had an account earlier and I was like, this is dumb. And then I end, I'm now obsessed with it. <laughs> uh, I gotta, I gotta start getting into it because I made an account. And I haven't done anything with it. Uh, I'm now, I've now rated and reviewed 300 and some movies. Holy hell. Right. So there's a lot of content Dylan's working on out there. Uh, so go check it out. Um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at the fake BMR. That's B M A R R. Um, you can of course follow the main channel at youtube.com slash wicked everything on Twitter at WG everything on Instagram at wicked everything on Twitch at twitch.tv slash wicked everything. Please. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, subscribe so we can get that custom URL. We want, we want yes. it to be wicked good podcasts. And yep. leave us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment and a thumbs up here on YouTube. Check out our other podcasts. We have Better Radio, where we interviewed a very interesting comedian. Maybe my favorite interview ever. Uh, her name is Robin, and she has terminal cancer. And we did an interview with her at the time of recording last night. And it's super fun. It's incredibly crass. Because you know what? When you're dying of terminal cancer, you don't give a fuck. You'll say whatever the fuck you want. And uh, it's really fun. And then we have, if you're not into crass humor, we have the Sunnydale Review, which uh, has just put out a second episode. And that is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Brian's passion project, that Sunnydale Review. I it, Yeah, for real. It's been a long time coming. And I spent my entire weekend, Jenny's with her family, I spent my entire weekend, other than when I recorded that podcast, just binging episodes to be prepared for the next recording session. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone. See ya. Later. <laughs>